The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Story World. Alex, how's it going, man? I'm doing just fine, Steve. How about yourself? Yeah, doing doing good. Excited to kick off a little mini series. I guess you, well, maybe it's just a series. I don't know. Uh, talking <laughs> about uh, the concept of backstory. And this is something that's really exciting. I think we're going to try to do like three different episodes on this topic uh, to sort of break up the fiction from the marketing. And then uh, another another category that we're calling the real life backgrounds, which is going to be super uh, just uh, fun. So this is cool. I'm excited to to get into the fictional character stuff with uh, with Alex today. So. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. It's stuff that we've talked about before. We've kind of had some general episodes covering a a wide range of things and a little bit more zoned in and focused here and specifically on the importance of backstories because I feel like uh, how Steve and I typically go if we just um, have a category of backstory, we'll be here for two or three hours going through yeah. it all. So uh, <laughs> specifically, this first part is on the uh, fictional side of uh, backstories and it their importance to a fictional story. Um, so I'll yeah. kick it off here. Um, and really the the main question is, are our backstories important? And the answer is yes, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yes, yes, but maybe. So I'm going to go through a couple things here where it, it kind of depends. Again, looking at it strictly from a, at least my mentality, from a fictional uh, point of view. Yeah. Um, so yes, they are important. How important it it depends. Um, again, it, it can this can apply to um, short stories, um, fictional movies, everything. But I usually apply it to writing. It could apply to video games too. But I just kind of think in terms of writing for a full fictional uh, story. So some questions to ask yourself on the importance of a backstory is what are you writing? Um, and typically it. Size and type matter. So if you're writing an epic fantasy book um, or an epic, say, science fiction um, book, but it's just a single novel, um, yeah, you might be able to include backstories and they might be important or they might not. Uh, in my opinion, a great example of a one of the best novels I've ever um, read is um, Dune. And really trying to think about it, I I could be wrong on it, but I don't think there is any backstory to any of the characters. There's some explanation as to some history on like some of the like organizations and the government and um, a couple other things. But the movie starts with Paul, I believe, I believe at nighttime, I'm um, getting ready to visit the um, I forget her name, but um, to, to, to go through the test and you get sucked right into it. And it's a lot of info dump. I in that's a lot of information, but it doesn't really show you the background 
for Paul or any of the other characters. You don't know what Paul's childhood was like. You can kind of infer some, but there's no flashbacks showing you um, how his mother treated him as a child, what, what traumatic incidents he, he had happen, what type of rigorous training he had to take over and you know rule the planet one day. You're just kind of thrown into this story and it just moves chronologically. You don't really get that background. And so in a situation like that, you think, well, you should have at least some background, but in one of the, one of the, in my opinion, one of the best well-written um, science fiction novels of all time, um, there's hardly any background to those characters, but you fall in love with them and they seem real and the story is super effective. So how important are backgrounds uh, to characters? And they are important to paint what you do in that situation. Um, Frank Herbert did not need to do a background. Um, so just yeah. a, an example there where you might think you need to, oh, I need to provide some background on this character so the reader knows exactly what this character is like, but you don't need to. You don't well, need to. It, it, in fact, uh, as, I'm, as I'm thinking about this specific example with Dune, I actually think a little more backstory and context might have sucked some of the fun out of it. Um, mm. Because you the it seems almost intentionally vague uh you you do you know you you get to learn a very little glimpse or really you're invited to imagine mm -hmm. what life for and again i guess somewhat spoilers here but like what life for the mother would have exactly. been like being sort of taught in this way my gosh i can't remember like the name of the order or whatever it is that that, that they are for some reason but um you know, the way that the you can sort of get like a very small glimpse, but really you're just imagining and thinking about what life must have been like for um, Jessica. I think it was her name for Jessica mm -hmm. growing up in this, you know, special order of, of people that have to go through the test and they, you know, they are the way that they are. Uh, but you don't have very much backstory and that kind of lends, you know, itself to the uh, the intrigue of the whole thing. So I guess I'm sort of glad that I don't have yeah. more information about it. The yeah. mystery and intrigue and, but like what you, what I kind of said and what you kind of said it, um, both the movie and the book very quickly, you can picture probably what the backstories are like for all of them. And that's a sign of, um, excellent. Um, like I, I even feel like that's understanding excellent storytelling. Um, to be able to communicate to the reader, not only what's happening in the moment, but to automatically have the reader form pretty clearly in their mind what life must have be like overall and for their past leading up to the actual moments of the story. So um, that's it, hard to pull off just just so well. And that's why it's a it's one of the greats. Um, so, yeah, so that's um, that's a great example where backstory backgrounds the characters really are not used that much and weren't really necessary you have talent there involved and then you just also have the the type of writing and the conciseness to contain a story within a single novel um yeah. beautiful so the um the next example where backgrounds i think are important um for a couple different reasons um the the series i always throw because it's an excellent example of it is the stormlight archive by brandon sanderson so I, I think a lot of people are familiar with him, but if you're not, um, it's a 10 book series. I think he has four out, four books out, four or five, four right now, I believe. Yeah, I think four. And I mean, they're about uh, 450,000 words. That equates to about 11, 1200 pages each book. And so Lord. obviously there's a lot of information contained in there. Now, I guess technically he doesn't 
need to have backgrounds for characters, but um, he accomplishes two things by providing in-depth backgrounds to characters. So um, not only will he do kind of normal um, backgrounds on characters um, throughout the books, but what he focuses on so far in the series is each book will actually have dedicated chapters to one of the main characters where, th so throughout the book, you're reading about the normal story and every third or fourth chapter or so will be essentially the side story that happened 20 years before, 40 years before to show a very important time in one of the main characters life, um, to really give you it. It does two things. One, it's, it's just very interesting to see how one of your favorite characters um, why the way he is that he is or she is why she is based on how um, they grew up or something that happened to them and then what so that's just always interesting i'm just finding out and reading more about the characters you love um a very simple attraction there and the second part that sanderson does well just because he's a, a brilliant storyteller is he really weaves those backgrounds into the story that's happening um in the normal timeline of the book as well so a couple things that you can accomplish where backgrounds are important um, is an example like this, where if you're writing either a very long fantasy novel, say, you know, 800, 900, maybe a thousand pages, you probably do a little less than that. And you have maybe a couple main characters, throw in some flashbacks. I think we've touched on that a little bit before, but throw in some flashbacks yeah. maybe, or have a dedicated chapter or two. Um, in a situation like that, again, it's ultimately to tell a better story. If it doesn't tell a better story, if it might, even if it's interesting, it's probably worth taking out. But if you can weave a character's background to either one, really bring out who that character is. Um, one example I can think of that kind of falls into this category is a, um, is in Harry Potter with one of the characters. I won't say it because Steve hasn't watched the Harry Potter series, so we're going to have to yeah. sit down and watch that sometime. But, um, or um, so to really like bring to light something about a character, um, which kind of is story related, but more so background related to reveal something about the character or um, tell the background of a character slowly over time or even all at once to add to the actual main story. Uh, but in, in either case, you shouldn't just have a background story or a background um, dedicated chapter or prologue or interlude or anything about the background of a character just because you think something that might have happened to a character was interesting it actually has to tie into the main story um yeah i think i got all that down. yeah is there is there anything kind of like i don't know specific you can point to that that says and i'm almost asking this selfishly because i kind of want to write fiction one of these days like what what sort of requires background story context i don't know if i'm asking the question well i guess it depends on what kind of story you're writing but like are are there particular like high points or whatever like that that you would typically formulaically point to in the in the life of the character where it's like okay this requires some backstory or some context is there anything like that you can kind of point to right off or again it all goes down to it ultimately comes down to it's kind of like if i can use the analogy of a video game you can have great art you can have great music um even great marketing have a excellent trailer but if the gameplay sucks then the game is going to suck it doesn't matter how good the other things are yeah. on the flip side of it there's some video games that have okay art some subpar soundtracks although soundtracks should be pretty decent but the gameplay is either super addicting if you have like a, like an iphone game or something else or 
um, it's just like creates like a mesmerizing, like a playthrough for a couple hours and you win the game. And so it's the same thing with the backgrounds, background stories in themselves don't necessitate themselves unless they kind of further the story. Does that make sense? And so yes. I would say that if there's anything that comes up as a requirement, you don't, I can't see a situation that comes up where you say, okay, now I need to put in a background for this character it really does come down to the best method at the time for storytelling. And one of the reasons why Sanderson's does, again, he probably didn't need to do background stories. He could have told um, or formed his story another way, but because one, his writing is so good, how he can reveal certain things about a character and help you understand and just combine a lot of puzzle pieces together. It's a very effective way for him to communicate that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I answered your question, I hope. I think so. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, and the last thing I kind of want to touch on is um, kind of a, again, I don't know if this is a category. I'm kind of thinking off like my own, my own mind and how I view backgrounds and backstories, but is one where it's kind of episodic. So, or um, I guess this kind of answers your question, Steve, when something necessitates um, a background. So Harry Potter, it works two ways for Harry Potter. Um, this is about backgrounds, but it also kind of works magic too. In each of the books or movies, some form of different magic um, will come into the story that a lot of times you'll think, well, how come that wasn't around like in the past book? Or, you know, why are we oh. talking about this now and not later or earlier? And so what um, J.K. Um, what J.K. Rowling does, and it, quite good, it, it definitely works for her form of storytelling, is say she'll come to one of the books, um, and then I think she probably, even though she had the whole story as a whole, um, it it kind of appears just by how the structure of everything is, she'll come to a book, and in order to make the story of that book work and tied to the past and the future, she might realize, oh, here's a character where I want to use them here. And in order to do that, I need to reveal something about their past in order for everything to make sense. So okay. you might, so you might come and have a general part of a story. Then you come and say, well, I want this character to interact with the main character. But if the reader doesn't know this about the main character that happened 10 years ago, none of it's going to make sense. So therefore I'm going to have to do a flashback or reveal something about grab backgrounds. One of my favorite books for telling background stories that reveals a lot and it's great is the six harry potter book the half-blood prince um that's probably my favorite one in the series that deals a lot with backgrounds a a very lot with backgrounds and i think it was very well done um so there it's kind of um i would say a mix overall you do find out in the first harry potter book how he got his his scar but it's it's really quick yeah you do have a background there but it's quite quick um quite quick but then through the rest of the book and kind of series, you don't really get, oh, here's how this person started on their journey. Um, but at certain times, um, there are there are certain parts of the story where it necessitates going back to show you the history of um, two characters together or how something started um, through another like side story or something. So can can that make sense? Can, can you speak to I've heard uh, Brandon Sanderson talk about this and. Um... You might just want to, I don't know, maybe, maybe kind of, maybe you can probably explain it even better than I'm going to, but I have heard him talk about how you don't want to, you know, you don't want to do too much backstory, right? Because it's kind of like, 
you know, we talked about this a little bit a week or two ago um, where we talked about Tolkien and, um, you know, he's got obviously all this backstory packed in the Cerulean and things like that. But like there definitely seems to be a, a place where it's like, OK, did you really need to go that deep? Um, I know that we're talking about yeah. that was maybe more in the context of world building. So maybe I'm not even, you know, in the right well, that, in the right vein anymore. But that's what I was going to say. So you can I would say they're they're similar, but not but not exactly alike. So yeah, so you can look at them kind of together. Obviously, I don't want to start off a book and tell you the date someone was born and where they lived in their first house as a child and then where they grew up as a toddler and the right. best friend that they had on the playground. Kind of the same thing with world building. You don't want to have the first few chapters of the book, even though the Simrillion is a book. Simrillion is different because that actually is a guess you could say like backstory the, book yeah, yeah the, a backstory book so it's dedicated yeah. for that purpose but you wouldn't want the first five chapters of the lord of the rings to show all the history of what happened you just want to get but, to the lord of the Rings story right you wouldn't it's, want it to be the Cimmerillion, you know exactly you wouldn't want right? to be <laughs> yeah. that as a separate book so it's the same thing with with character backgrounds so um okay. obviously there's there's definitely um in lord of the rings there's definitely some world building stuff that happens there and things that reference you know the um different things that happened in the past in middle earth but um uh, it's the same thing with with character backgrounds so you don't want to tell everyone's back you don't want to tell every character's background and even the main characters you don't want to tell everything about their background only the ones that really further character development or the story gotcha. and if you can do both then that's great whenever you can accomplish it's the same thing i think i've talked about this before um i'm Blanking on the name, the guy who created, um, I think it's something Adams, the guy who created Dilbert, Doug Adams, I think. I think I might be wrong on that. Some, we got a church, we got a church with Doug Adams. Oh, well, maybe it's that's that's the guy. So, um, I forget, I forget his name, but anyway, he said before that, um, he listed his favorite comics, comic strips that he made, and all of his favorite ones accomplished like three different types of jokes all at once. And so, it's the same thing with writing. If you can, the more that you can accomplish at one time, I wouldn't even call it overwhelming because if you do it well, it's not overwhelming. It's a beautiful picture where everything just clicks and forms together. So the more that you can accomplish at once, whether it's through backgrounds, a character reveal or something that happened in their past um, that ties to the present situation or however you want to tell it, the more that you can accomplish in your storytelling, the better. Very good. Awesome, man. Is that uh, is that it? Is there any any concluding thoughts on that? Is that um, mostly what you had to share? As, as far as keeping it focused, there's more you can go into with like I'm sure we'll have more detailed um, podcasts about it. But as far as um, what makes the backgrounds important, everything, yeah, that's that's all I have. Um, and uh, the importance of the backgrounds and whether sometimes they are important, sometimes they aren't. Man, that's awesome. Super helpful. Super informative. Uh, Definitely, if you're looking to get into to fiction writing, and I mean, this is this is the, um, yeah, this should really help you. I mean, I think this is going to help me. So good, thanks, Alex. Appreciate that sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Ex expertise around backstory. I went um, as a, a disclaimer. This is all a matter of opinion. I uh... <laughs> sure, right, right. right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, if every writer was the same, you know. Um, oh, it'd be exactly. A pretty, a pretty poor, a, a pretty boring world. So, it, and that's what's great about this stuff is, um, and hopefully everyone can kind of learn from it. Um, like, you know, the whole podcast is about it's it's story world, and so no story is going to be the same. Yes, there are formulaic ways to tell a story, but that doesn't 
always follow the rules. There are some stories that break a lot of rules and be successful and are great stories. So what I'm telling you here, you might think differently. And that's amazing um, that you can think differently and do something else. But um, hopefully it gets you thinking and uh, can help you in some way. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I mean, if nothing else, one thing that I'll definitely take away from this that uh, anyone listening could apply to their own writing is um, is the example from Dune, right? Right away, like yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe what you're, maybe exactly what your story needs is not a backstory. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that still makes the backstory important. It just makes the, mm-hmm. the intentional absence of the backstory important, right? So yes. it's, it's just a different way of thinking about it, but that's that's something really practical that I'm going to take away from from what you shared. So very excellent, very. awesome, Steve. Well, I guess it's a shorter episode, but it was a good one. I like this uh, kind of uh, honing in on it. Dig it. I like laser focusing. This is fun. This yeah, is, it's, um, a, it's a good change really of good. pace. Um, so sure. to finish up, we'll go ahead with our stories of the week. I'll let you go first, Steve. Sure. All right. So mine is uh, the lesson. I'll tell you up front that I want you to take away from what I'm getting ready to tell you is that it's okay to change your mind. And uh, sometimes that's that's going to mean changing your mind in, in public. And I would say that, you know, maybe you're, you, you think that you need to be careful about that. And in some cases, that's probably true, um, especially in, in lines of work or, or whatever that are more sensitive. But um, people really appreciate vulnerability because everyone's tired of looking at, you know, Facebook and Instagram and, and seeing a highlight reel uh, of a life that's not even really like, you know, the real thing. Um, and I, I've even thought about like starting an Instagram channel that was like, it was, it was just like pictures of the horrible things that happened throughout the day. Uh, I don't know, call it real life or something. It probably already exists. Um, <laughs> but I, I digress. So I am going through sort of a change of mind uh, recently with uh, the way I'm approaching some of my marketing um, uh work. And when I say my marketing work, I don't, I don't mean in my business, although it's a subject for another day, but I am thinking of changing some things there as well. Um, but, um, one of the things that I've, uh, I've always failed at is I, and this, this podcast actually is, is an exception, but a lot of times when I am doing my own content production, uh, my own content marketing, what I what I do is sort of immediately default into Guruville. Um, I'm always I'm I'm trying to act and talk like an expert, and it's not that I'm you know not well versed in what I do. I mean, obviously, I share most of the thoughts around marketing in this podcast. I mean, I have a successful business. I have clients who see that and pay me money because I help make them successful. So it's not that I I, I don't have expertise, but it's just that. It's not really interesting to just be another guy who shares guru stuff um, because everybody does that. What, what people really want to see from you in your, in your marketing and everything is, is that you have a point of view, um, that you stand for something, that you draw lines in the sand on some things, that you have certain beliefs. And also people do want to see that, um, that, you, uh, that you know what you're talking about, but not in like a vague, you know, 10 steps to do this sort of way, even though that can work sometimes. It's more so about being very specific about the way that you uh, think about your your work. And um, I'm also just drawn to uh, simplicity, very much so. And uh, for me, what I'm starting to realize, so I have right now like five, including this one, I have five active uh, podcasts. I have a marketing, well, I have a marketing podcast. I have a, um, a, biz, a, a general business podcast that deals with, with faith-based stuff. 
Um, I have this podcast, Story World. I have a, uh, a the Bible Nerd podcast, which is all about the Bible ministry stuff. And then I have a, a fifth podcast, which is called the Podcast Marketing Experiment, which is just sort of a meta look at the overall experiment of having these different podcasts and et cetera. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm nearing the sort of nearing the six month mark of, uh, I mean, some of these have been going longer than that, but I'm sort of nearing the six month mark of when I sort of decided to very intentionally do this as a, you know, strategy of, 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 of marketing for the business. And I'm starting to get, frankly, bored with it. Um, now, <laughs> I'm not, now, well, and when I say that, um, there are aspects of it that are uh, more exciting to me than others. For example, Story World is very exciting to me. This is like one of my favorite things to do every week. And so like, by no means do I want to like stop recording this podcast, right? So that's, okay, whatever. Um, my ministry podcast is, uh, it is work. Um, but it's something that I almost feel like a, again, like a supernatural sort of call mm -hmm. to like, I, I've yeah. been down this road before where even if I take a season of, of time off of it, I, I will come back to it. Mm -hmm. And usually I lose, you know, subscribers and I lose momentum during that season of time. And so I sort of know that, um, I, I sort of know that like, even if I feel not so excited about it, I'll come back to it again soon and I'll, and I'll get excited about it. Um. But the other, the other ones, the other three that I'm I'm working with, I'm, I'm getting kind of bored with, and I think the reason why is because I'm I'm really trying to be, you know, I'm really trying to speak in in guru land instead of um just just being me, and it's also a little frustrating because it's a little harder to get uh, traction with a podcast anyway. So it's like there's like you know two or three compounding factors that are making it, you know, like. I don't know that I want to keep doing this. I know this is a long story of the week, but um, it was a short episode, so we we can afford it. Um, and, and so, what what does all that mean? You're being really confusing. Okay, well, the what it's what it's um what it's come to is I've decided to go back to the idea of a simple blog, um, of a of a of steveshram.co, right? Which it's just my name, um, with a .co instead of the .com because the .com is my ministry site, and so the .co is where I am sharing my thoughts on business strategy, design, productivity, things like that. Um, and what I'm doing is is something that feels different than anything that I've ever done before. And it feels entirely different because, and I noticed that when I was brainstorming topics, I was able to just like one after the other, just like boom, 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 boom. Because I'm sharing what I believe, what's actually happening, real things that are happening in my business. And I'm not What's what's really cool about it is it doesn't feel forced because I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be like, you know, 10 steps to do whatever or what I'm really just doing is genuinely sharing like, yeah, here's what's working for me. Um, I'm not going out and saying, oh, I'm going to keyword research this topic all, you know, all crazy and I'm going to write a 2000 word blog post that like I probably should, you know, in, in, in air quotes for those of you just listening, should do some of that stuff. Um but I really don't want to. And, and one of the ideas is uh, to me that if it feels forced, it's fake. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, and so I'm, I'm intrigued by this. So anyway, that was a long way of, of saying I am moving slowly with the decision, but I'm probably going to at least temporarily sunset. Um, I mean, the sun rises again, but I'm at least going to temporarily sunset uh, maybe three of those podcasts, lean into what is, what is working um, and what is fun, which is 
the Story World podcast and also my uh, my ministry podcast. And then for all other thoughts, really start sharing them um, in, on, on the blog. And, and the other reason why I'm doing this, uh, it is a much lower friction sort of thing. It's a lot easier, frankly, mm-hmm. to write than it is for video production and things like that. But it goes beyond that. Um, for me, it's a matter of of identity. I don't identify as a video producer. Um, I don't identify as a podcaster, although I'm not bad at either of those things. I'm pretty good with video and I'm pretty good uh, with speaking, even though I have maybe some filler words here and there. I'm, I'm not a bad podcaster, um, but I identify as a writer. Like that, uh, being a writer is part of my identity. And in a world where everybody, is, you know how the, the pendulum just swings, everybody is on video now. Everybody's on a podcast now, but you know, writing is a skill. Um, not that video, mm-hmm. not that video and speaking isn't a skill. It is, of, of course. But writing is a a skill that will always serve you, no matter what. And even the professional people who do video and stuff, they they first have to be good writers because they do scripts and and things like that. And so, um, what I want to do is sort of lean into the fact that writing is not only my skill, but it's the thing I enjoy the most, and it's the thing that has served me the most over my years of of doing business. And so I just feel like I want to lean into it again. And it's exciting. Uh, it's exciting for me. And it's like, you know, what it might take me, a, a 10 minute podcast episode might take me 45 minutes by the time it's all said and done. And that's even with a very low, um, you know, production value in terms of cutting things up, editing and whatever. That's with a lower fidelity production value. Um, whereas I can, in in 10 minutes, I can have, I can have 500 to 1,000 words of unique original thoughts down and out there for the world to sort of see whenever. You know, it's easier to share. There's just a lot of good things. So um, I've been thinking about this for a while, so I did want to take the opportunity to sort of think through it out loud with with you all here because you're my friends. Um, so that's it. It's okay to change your mind. And right now I've, I'm sort of in a, in a season of changing my mind in public. And guess what? I'm going to write about that. I'm going to share that. I'm going to tell people about it. I'm going to be like, Here's why I'm doing it. Here's what I'm thinking. And I'm just going to be very vulnerable about it. And uh, we're going to see how that goes. So that's my story of the week. You said uh, a lot of really um, good stuff there that I've thought about before. I think is really helpful for people to know. One thing is um, I've fallen in the trap of not doing something until I feel like I have already mastered it or become a guru in it. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Um, Mm -hmm. It's um, like I remember with um doing my pixel art for my video game i spent hours and hours watching tutorials and i was always like just afraid to start it because i felt like i didn't know everything i needed to know and then yeah i just realized that you're not you're not gonna it's like oh duh but it's hard and so I, i had to actually start with the pixel art and i didn't know what i was doing and yeah my first few things looked awful and then I slowly got better and slowly got better. And now I would say, I might show my art sometime. I would say um, I am a good pixel artist. I wouldn't say I'm great. I have a lot of ways to go. There's still going to be a lot of iterations until I'm done. Yeah. But that shouldn't stop me from still putting out my pixel art and at least working on it for my video game, even if I have to make more iterations of it. Totally. Um, it's the same thing with with writing. Um, like a, if don't worry about how good you are, write a book, and then you're just going to get better at it. And then a lot of times where we have this barrier is when we're speaking about it. So for instance, I talked a lot today about 
fictional writing and backgrounds and my opinions on it. Um, a year ago, I definitely would not have had the, um, I guess, courage to, um, to talk about it because I had, I still don't think I am an expert in all that. Someone who is an expert would be like Brandon Sanderson, who one teaches it and two has actually proven that he can write. Um, for me, I don't have either of those, but I'm talking about tonight, what stuff that I knew or my opinions on it. And even though I'm not an expert, I can still say what I think to be true. And that goes to changing your mind too. I might be seeing a different tune a year or two from now. Um, so just a lot of, just a lot of good thoughts that you said there, Steve. I just kind of wanted to hit home. Yeah, on. no, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's a slight shift, but it's an important shift in that sharing your, your perspective and your, your opinion on something, uh, versus just sort of parroting what the mainstream, you know, is. And honestly, when something become main, becomes mainstream, like not in all cases, but a lot of times it's, it's 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 wrong and the word wrong that might be the the wrong uh, word to use um but it it becomes and this is actually a fact in, in marketing certain certain things like uh, for example on instagram um this is just because it's an easy example to see like a lot of times you'll see you'll see images or videos come across your feed that like start to look similar like like maybe you see ones from people who do lots of quotes where you can sort of see it looks like a screenshot of twitter or a screenshot of an app yeah. now have you seen those okay most mm -hmm. people have so the so the first time somebody did that it was new and and the second time somebody did it it was still pretty new and and the the 500th time somebody did it it was it was still pretty new <laughs> the 50 50,000th time somebody does it okay it's a little bit less new and that thing that at one time was good mm. um is now maybe no longer working as well as it once did and and so the contrarian thing to do would be something entirely different and now that's going to be the thing that stands out and eventually it's going to stop working so so that's one thing i would i would say about that is like it's it Sometimes you just have to change your mind and uh, people respect those who can actually just say what they say, what they mean, say what they think and not have to constantly clarify it. And I actually have to say that um, I think that that's something I, I learned about having discussions in a religious context, which is helpful and necessary in that context. I, I, I sort of falsely imported into the way I talk about business and it made me boring. Um, and, and I'm just, I don't know, I don't know if this is going to help anybody, but it's like when I'm, when I'm talking about life and death, worldview, religion type of stuff, I do want to be very careful. I want to move slowly. I want to be logical. Mm -hmm. I want to be method met, you know, I, I want to be met methodical. Um, but when I'm talking in business, people don't follow people like that. People follow people who have an opinion and mm -hmm. it's not that I don't have an opinion. I do have an opinion and sometimes it's contrarian and sometimes it's controversial, but I'll, especially in my podcasting, I'll, I'll default to saying the accepted thing instead of saying what I really think about a matter. Whereas with writing, um, I, I, I tend not to have that problem as, as much. Um, the last thing I'll say about this, and then you can do your story of the week is, um, one of the false, you know, things, uh, that, that, well, one, one of the, one of the tough things with this is you'll have people who say, and I'm I'm trying to be careful here and a little measured because uh, I'm a mentor of mine um, who is really close to me and who um, is in a very similar or at least was in a very similar line of work to me likes to say that um, you need to be careful not to share stuff like, OK, let's just be really practical. It's web design, right? That's what I that's part of a big part of what I do. 
And what he'll say, he's a coach to web designers. And what he'll say is you got to be careful with sharing content that's about what you do because um, um, clients aren't interested in that, right? Clients are interested in, in their, in how it works for their business. And, and, um, you, you know, you want to be careful not to create content that attracts the DIY type of people. That's what he says. And I sort of bought into that and I, I heard it and I was like, yeah, I agree with that. Right. And so, and so that's when I really started making more of my content towards what would the business owner want to see? Well, the lie about, I had to hit my microphone. The lie about that is that what a, a business owner doesn't, you don't really know what the business owner wants, wants, wants to see. And, and when you're creating content for what you think somebody else wants, it's almost always going to be wrong. And, and it, so if, and it's going to be more generic because you think they want 10 tips to do whatever that, that five or 15 or 50 other people have, have done a, a post about. And then now you have to try to be better than them versus what if all they really want is to see that you know your crap. And so what if I actually talking directly about what you do and your opinions and sharing your thoughts on design and this, that, and the other thing, what if what the client really wants to see is that you actually know your crap? And mm -hmm. so by teaching and becoming a thought leader in your own space and becoming a mentor of sorts to the others who even do the s similar thing that you do and even catering, you know, to some of the DIYers, what if then they actually look at you and say, oh my gosh, well, yeah, I want to work with this guy. This is the guy who teaches the other guys how to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, even, you know, being entrenched in this world, I mean, I, I've bought into some lies that have unfortunately led me to create content that I don't feel genuine with and I don't feel great about. And so this sort of represents my, my, you know, line in the sand to say, um, I'm going to be okay with changing my mind here. And it's, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's bucking up against some things like literally the last episode of the marketing podcast. And I'm thinking about temporarily sunsetting, uh, the last episode that I recorded of it was talking about how sometimes you just need to push through and give it <laughs> a year and this, that, and the other thing. And I not gonna lie, I looked at that and I was like, wow, I feel like a super hypocrite now. Um, but I really, you know, I don't know. I really don't. Cause I, I feel like now I can share that story and somebody else will identify with me and, and it'll, I don't know, it'll all, again, it's okay to change your mind. Um, and it's okay to do it in public. So that was very long. I'm so sorry, but, um, I, I do think it's a helpful case study and, you know, We'll see how it goes. I'm very passionate about it and I'm excited about it. So it's sort of like a new chapter, but it's a new old chapter uh, and it's it's refreshing. So it's cool. No, that's good. I'll give you a pin on Sunday when I see you at church for the uh, longest story of the week. And so you can you can wear Wait, that proudly. Thank you. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Let's well, thank you, Steve. Let's hear yours so we can so, this now. I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do another cheat where I'll do two and one. Just a quick update on my life. So got a uh, new job. I'm starting Monday. Um, and a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff with it, but the most important thing, especially that, just kind of affects um, my life and the podcast and everything, is just the um, the uh, the work life consistency that I will have with this one. Um, so before it was really hard for me to schedule times when I wanted to write or work on my video game because I didn't know when I might have some work to do at night or even sometimes on the weekend, and it wasn't awful, but it was just it it just kept getting in the way here and there, and I'm. Yeah definitely someone where I like to have my schedule laid out and follow that. And so this position should allow for a more consistent schedule for me um, amongst uh, several other benefits. Um, so that's great for me. And so hopefully I will have um, more specific content content to put out for 
my side projects. Um, Beautiful. And then my actual story of the week. Um, so just a shout out to a podcast that I have somewhat been listening to. The reason why I say somewhat is because it is a very spoiler heavy podcast. So um, it's called the Webinar Seminar podcast the webinar seminar webinar is out with two b's um but they're on spotify they're probably on other stuff i listen to them on spotify um and uh really quite short episodes i guess compared to ours and anywhere between like 15 and 30 minutes but um group of guys that are super nerds and, and super nerds about star wars and the mcu and we're just reviewing cool movies that come out reviewing them really about i'm talking about like retro Ooh. video game collection stuff and so what? Really fun stuff. They're they're great to check out. They're they're a bunch of guys that just like to have fun. And so um, check them out. I think again, this that's why I say I somewhat watch them because there's a lot of things that they review that I haven't watched, so I have to skip the episodes. But if you're really into that stuff, it's great just to hear someone talk about it. I think their first episode reviewed the new Batman movie. It's a it's a newer podcast, and then they talk about Moon Knight, um, Obi Wan uh, Kenobi series coming out. They broke down the trailer, so just a uh, really fun podcast to listen to. So check them out. How did you find them? I'm friends with uh, one of the guys that's in it. Oh, fantastic! Yep. So, yep, and so I think it's him, his brother, and a friend or two. I forget specifically who's in it, but uh, he's in it. And it's uh, he's actually a dedicated listener to us too. So um, uh, oh, thank cool. you for listening. He's probably listening. Uh, he'll probably listen to this episode and say, "Oh, great! Look at that! A shout out for us!" So oh, fantastic! Uh, it's a I'm fun excited. podcast, though. I'm gonna yeah, check it good. out. It's good. It's really good. Sweet. All right. Well, that's exciting. I'm going to wrap it up so we can get out of here. Thank you for Perfect. listening to our uh, to our uh, our thoughts on this. And we just it's an honor, honestly, that that you would take the time to uh, to listen. So it's fantastic. Um, thank you. You guys take care. God bless. We'll see you in the next episode of Story World. See ya.